Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the Talk Time Alpha Podcast post-trade period 2019. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is shattered that Chris Jard will no longer be on footy classified. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day, Michael. You know what? We had the fun and frivolity of trade period and then, it, you know, you, you enjoyed it. We, we both got into it. Trade radio was huge. Uh, everyone was, you know, watching the AFL website. The deadline was on Wednesday. It's so exciting. And then... And then you wake up Thursday morning and you find out that footy classified won't be the same. Chris Judd has chosen to stand aside from his role as one of the four co-hosts of that show. And I just say, irreplaceable in my eyes. Darkest day in Australian sport, do you think? Well, darkest day in sport and television when you combine the two. Um, Where are you going to find someone... Who, like Chris Judd, just sits there and won't say a fucking thing. Where are you going to find someone like that, Michael? Absolutely. Someone who, who fence sits. Yes. Yes. Good. When someone who gets asked a question and mm. then refuses to say yes or no. Yeah, won't, 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 won't even be... Not even Caroline Wilson can get him off that fence that he sits on. Plays a very straight bat to every question. Hey, Chris, what do you reckon about Carlton? Do you reckon they're going to be good next year? Oh, look, you know, there's a long way to go and, you know, full credit. No, so Michael, Michael, you've got that wrong. You've got that wrong. You've, he's, you've got him talking in that situation. <laughs> Jaddy, you know, I was watching one episode and yeah. Caroline Wilson goes, well, we can't ask Marcel Marceau over here because he won't answer anything. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's that a fair like burn. A, yeah, they were aware of it on the show. But and uh, I think you talked about earlier this year being a bit of a, what was the quote? It was something like a gotcha show. Yes. Was that right? Yeah. Was, yeah, when they talked gotcha about the training, the training wheels for David Teague. Well, basically, once he said that, he went to ground and didn't say anything at all for the rest of the year. Yeah. But I, 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 I agree with him wholeheartedly. That is 100% a gotcha show. The amount of phone calls where Lloydie would pretend to be Indian. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of it, he would stitch someone up. He'd call up. He'd like call up Hurdy and go, "Oh, James Hurd, what is happening? Yeah, didn't Can the nurse? I- didn't the nurse die <laughs> because of footy classified?" Yeah, that's right. That's right. They did ring up as in uh, as trying to get uh, information on uh, a royal baby, and that uh, that caused a death. It was horrible. It was I a want, horrible time. Uh, I mean, we sh- we can't go too hard because obviously we get we we'll miss out on that lucrative jagged sponsorship that we're after. Very, very good point. And Chris Judd is a friend of the show. And that's active wear, right? Jagged's active wear? Yes, you fucking idiot. Yeah, of course okay. it yeah, is. Gotcha. What else did you think it's going to be, mate? I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a lot going on in that family. A lot going what on. Act, what sort of active wear do you wear, mate? Uh, I can't uh, have a great deal of active wear going around. If I do have a run or something, I just kind of wear old shorts. Yeah. You're still in that zone. You're still in the old short zone. Yeah, you? I don't do the skins or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for Jagged to come on board. Then I can get <laughs> <on>. <laughs> well, okay. Would you ever wear skins without shorts? Uh, 
Uh, only if I was training at Waverley Park. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not a big. I'm not a big compression dude. You know. Yeah. Okay. Heck, I'm forty. Oh. I'm forty-two. Like, I'm not going to get any better, am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, mate. If you wore the compressions, you would. Oh, but okay. Fine. <laughs> if you're if you're happy to sit back at your shit pace, that's fine, mate. Be running around Rod Carter Studios, people with chambos. He's fitter than he's ever been. Yeah, that that is very true. I, um, it was an exciting trade period, wasn't it? Yeah, dude, it was really cool. It was really cool. And again, like trade radio, for for what it, for being the weirdest thing in the world is mm. addictive. It's absolutely addictive. You know what is addictive is the week before the trades begin, where it's just They're more just, fantasy. Just they talk talking. more shit than we talk on this show. Absolutely, and I do love the dudes. And it, also on SDN, like the thing where people I like call up, a they've got mail. They've got yeah. they've got good yep. mail and it's good like mail. Buddy Excellent Franklin's mail. coming to Richmond, <laughs> or it's ridiculous and it's like okay, Nat Five future fourth round <laughs> to come, yeah, yeah, and just the speculation is off the charts. But also, one person will say one ridiculous thing, and then they create a storyline behind it. Like they go, "Well, Patrick Cripps is uh, from WA," and they yep. go, "You know, he'd he'd be a great fit. Imagine him alongside Nat Five, and then they go down that path, and you go." Well, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like awesome. you're just, it's amazing. You're living in fantasy land and stop talking shit for a week. And then it all just, it basically all just happened on that last Wednesday, didn't it? It did. Well, so uh, eventually on that final day, and again, mm. I was watching it on the AFL website, I think. Yeah, I was. And oh, how's, how's your life, mate? You busy? And you're up. Uh, but it was like the last half hour where you're essentially watching a room. Okay. No. Okay. So explain it to me because I didn't see it. Okay. I was away. So last year, like they, they've doled it up a bit more this year. Okay. Okay. So now it's the Ken Wood room. So Ken seems to be the guy doing the paperwork. Okay. He's the draft guy. He's he's like the salary cap guy as well. Oh he knows yes, all the he's stuff. the. Is he part of the integrity unit? Does he? I'm, I'm I'm sure he's part of the black ops. I'm cool. I'm sure Ken's killed a man with his bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I think it was last if, year as well. If he's if he's a contract killer, he really looks through that contract <laughs> to make sure it's airtight and that you can't front load the payment of a said assassination. So last year, I think it was just the door. So it was a room with a door and you're watching it because when they shut the door, that means it's over. Okay. But if you're in the room, then yep. you can get the paperwork done. Okay. So okay. five o'clock hits or whatever it is. Yep. And, and a guy shuts the door. So last year, I think, was, I think it was last year, a very empty room. And so there's like just watching a guy shut a door and this year they've doled it up a little bit so they've got trade radio kind of an AFL kind of paraphernalia around it oh because Croc Media are doing it all now and they've realised that it's a bit of a market yeah, haven't they've, they they've dressed it up yeah yep. yeah okay and so essentially for that last half hour because um, what were the main ones kind of waiting to be done I suppose uh, well Joe Danaher was probably the main one that they were waiting well, that, to happen but that was that was a big one and the Brad Hill to St Kilda one took a little bit longer than they thought, didn't they? Because St Kilda traded away pick six. Yeah, gotcha. But Brad Hill was done a bit earlier. A bit was earlier. It? Okay. Yeah, I don't think it was like in the final minutes. But yeah, eventually they kind of came down. So essentially for half an hour, you're watching a room of people walking yeah. in. And then you're watching fucking player agents come in. And you go, oh, fuck you fucking low dogs. You absolute fucking <laughs> low dog fucking scum. Yep. And they, they come in. They're going, yeah, yeah, get out. Get our cash, um, and so yeah. So eventually, there was a bit of a a, um, uh, a pile up. So there's probably about four or five clubs in the room. They shut the door, okay. and, then, and then you're like, oh, the door shut, the door shut, the door shut, and so <laughs> they then get to fill out the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what the paperwork actually is. Like, I don't know what you have to do in what paperwork you have to fill out. Like, do you have to? 
like show what you're paying them or do you have to? I would imagine so because they've got to know that it fits into a salary cap because you, I suppose you can't work that out later, can you? Especially if it's a big one. Like if it's Josh Jenkins, they go, oh, mate, you're paying him 10 bucks a week. Fucking yeah, don't yeah. worry about sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. But if it's, you know, uh, Brad Hill or Ed Langdon, like if it's in a team with a tight salary cap, they probably want to go, how are you getting this person? Yeah, you that's know, a good question. You know, like that time when, when Sydney got hold of Buddy Franklin and they were already paying Kurt Tippett a lot and they just went, oh, no, you guys will make it work. Don't worry about Don't it. Don't worry about it. No, you'll be fine. You guys, come on. No, we we're, pay- we're paying him in euros, mate. It's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Josh Jenkins, he found a new home. Good on him. Good on him. Apparently, apparently thanks to Patrick Dangerfield. So he did a bit of a pitch or something? Yeah, he's like, mate, Jenko, we need him. What we need is a 31-year-old guy who's played Sandful in the last six months. But, you know... And DeLong went, fuck uh, yeah, let's get him. I always think to myself, though, that uh, a big body is a big body. So even if they're... If they, if they get in the team, you still need... You still need a big man on that big man. So I just kind of think, just get them. Yep. Because you still need someone, you know... To, and that then that means that, you know, they take the maybe second defender... And then yep. that pushes the defenders down to the third, fourth. So, for example, like, for example, Hawthorne. Like, if we can have Mitch Lewis and John Patton stand up this year, that means you, just need, you need a big body on those people. That means Gunston goes down to three, Bruce goes down to four, Poppy goes down to five, six. And so, you. Uh, what I'm saying is a three-peat's on the offering, Adam. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. No, but don't forget, though, that you do have Sam Frost down the other end. So, that kind of undoes... Everything that you're doing up forward. So what about Carlton, man? Fucking happy Eddie back? Oh, I mean, it's a great homecoming. I think what Carlton probably needed most before we even thought about Tom Papley or Jack Martin was we needed a 33-year-old on the way down as just the cream on the top of this side that finished 16th. Like, now that we've got Eddie Betts back, you you are talking, we are going to leapfrog 15th to 14th (laughs) easily. Easily. Like, this is what we needed was a guy who played a few games in the Southfield, just like Josh Jenkins did, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why Geelong got him, um, who just seems to be on the on the wane. His pace is on the, on, the, on the wane. He kicked 12 goals against the Gold Coast, which drops, you know, his tally down to 25 goals against real teams last year. That's exactly what Carlton required. And we went out and we got our fucking target, mate. Come on, man. He got teary when he came back into the rooms for the first time. It's emotional. I, it it's is a homecoming, I, a, home, a fairy tale, a fairy can tale. I say, you know, and you know, how fairy tales end. You know, like with a witch being pushed into a fire. It's a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I tell you what, though, when he kicks, if he gets a banana from a pocket in his first game, mm-hmm. at, that's going to be against Richmond at the G. The fucking joint's going to lose their mind. Yeah, for sure. And I look forward to that. I look forward, to, and I look forward to the shots of the crowd as well. Of you know, you, Mick Malloy, Andy Ma, Sam Pang. Sam Pang, yeah. Yeah, Just it's, it's kind of kind of traditional, though, isn't it? Round one, you get a shot yes. in the crowd. Hey, can I help it that I hang out with famous people? <laughs> I, th- I feel... I feel like I'm being uh, chastised for just, you know, living your, living your best life. <laughs> exactly. How, how dare you? The weird thing was, what, what did you make of the Joe Danaher thing? Have, have Essendon pulled the right rein, question without notice, in your opinion? Question without notice. Okay, so a couple of months ago, he met with Tom Harley at Tom Harley's mm-hmm. house, from what yes. I remember. And they were like, nothing to see here, mate. <laughs> mate just, just old mates catching up. Just two, two lads. Having so lad time. Just mentoring. He yeah. was mentoring him and he said, 
how would I look in a Swans jumper? And he said, oh, I, I don't know, mate. I'd You'd have to come on. come back to my place and, yeah. and we can put it on. Yeah, pop can, it on. And we can, uh, you know, get the mirrors out and get Felicity yeah. to kind of you know, show you what's going on. Mm. Uh, and then about two months later after that, Joe went, I want to fucking go to Sydney. And they're because like, I know I look good in the jumper, only because I tried it on at Tom's place. They were dumbfounded. They were like, that never came up in our conversation. <laughs> no, we were just talking about mentoring. Uh, Joe, I mean, we were showing you around Moore Park. It's beautiful, the EQ. Um, and so they didn't get it done. Now, so the, the, the analysis from what you I've know been what? reading. T- Tom Harley was disappointed by that because he thought that he was just catching up for a cup of tea. He didn't know that there was sinister... Um, uh, moves behind that from... He thought, Joe Danaher, you sneaky motherfucker. But didn't they make a big deal at the time as well, if I remember correctly? Kind of going like, hey, man, we got nothing... We got no, no dog nothing in this fight. Here. Yeah. Nothing yeah. to see here. Just, he's just a mate hanging out with a mate. A contracted Essendon player, as if we would go after someone like that. And so it seems to be the Swans didn't offer enough. And so the Dons were like, nah, man, you got to offer... It. They, they wanted a replacement player. That seems to be the go. They wanted a replacement. They wanted like for like. And but they um, were never going to get like for like because that's why Sydney wants Joe Danaher because they don't have another like. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, what's the only like? Buddy is the only yeah, like. Exactly, yeah. and I, I doubt that Essendon would probably take him now. I, I think that they throw up like maybe Isaac Handy or Nick Blakey's name yep. came into it, and you go, well, Nick Blakey's like first year player. They're not giving him up. Yeah, 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 and they couldn't come up with picks and stuff like that. So it uh, ended up. Do you think it's? Do you reckon? That first day when you rock back up to the club. Oh, mate. It's going to be fucking weird. Surely. Surely. Like, it's they, like, like, I've heard a few people talk about, like, oh, you know, they get, they, you know, they get it, they, you know, get used to it and they get around him and all that kind of stuff. But surely you've just, without, well, a lot of people when they quit a job, they want to mm. be like, fuck you guys. I fucking yeah, hate yeah. you people. <laughs> I fucking, like, I've worked on a show before where a dude did that, right? And he was like, Essentially, kind of like get fucked, all of you cunts. I fucking yeah. hate you guys. And yeah. then, and then showed up to the rap party, and I was like, "Why are you here? That's bizarre. <laughs> why are you here? Like, surely." But no, but, but the, the way they counter that these days is they do it and go, "Is he goes? I need a change of scenery. It's not about the club." Yeah. So they have this other thing where he go, like Bryce Gibbs said, "I wanted to go home for family." Yep. Sure. So they kind of go, oh, well, he's doing it for the right reasons. It's not because he said, fuck this club, mm. fuck Brendan Bolton, I'm out of here. And they go, mate, you're not out of here. He goes, good on Brendan Bolton, good on this club. <laughs> I love them. They're great. But one year later, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but so see, that's the thing. Joe Danaher becomes uh, a free agent at the yeah. end of next year. So then Essendon lose their opportunity to get two first-round picks for him. Yeah, so it's probably... Uh, Best for him to wait out a year before he can then um, head up to Rod Carter Studios and uh, and do his thing of, you know, being injured all the time. <laughs> do Essendon now put him through a gruelling regime of ruining his groins? Question without notice. Um, for the year. Like, do they go, mate, you got to do the splits every day for six weeks. And he's like, it's really fucking hurting. They go, no, 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 no. It's good for you. <laughs> it's going to be good for you, mate. Keep doing Sa- it. Sabotage him. Yeah. Sabotage him so when Sydney eventually get him, it's completely fucked. Hey, Adam, so you were not here for the final bits of the trade period by the fact I missed the whole. I missed the whole trade period. You went to Iraq. I did. I was in, uh, I was in Iraq doing gigs for the Australian troops. And when you say gigs, you mean taking up arms against ISIS. 
Well, look, if Donald Trump's going to pull the troops out of there, <laughs> <laughs> then they I call see, it in the big guns. Yeah, I, I see an opportunity. I, I see a vacuum, and I went in for that vacuum. So take us through this, though. You left. Tell me when you left. Uh, so I left Australia um, the Tuesday. Um, I guess the Tuesday before trade. No, the Tuesday of trade week. Actually, yeah, gotcha. The Tuesday that it began. And how do you fly out? Uh, so we fly on a, uh, there's like a hired commercial airliner that the army uses to move their troops around. Yep, gotcha. So where do you... So it's just a normal aircraft. So you're going through regular customs? Like are you going through... In uh, Australia, yes. But when we get to the bases, we they have their own customs on the base. So we don't go to a commercial um, airport when we get into where we first land. So where do you like, go from Melbourne to where? Uh, there's a base, Australia has a, uh, I won't tell actually, I won't tell you where the base is because okay. I'm not supposed to talk about that, but, cool. um, yeah, we're on an air force base and then from there we move to fly to Baghdad mm-hmm. and then from Baghdad we fly to uh, an army base called Taji, mm-hmm. which is just north, Saddam Hussein's old base in Baghdad, which is a seven minute flight from Baghdad to Taji. Seven, uh, 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 sorry, Saddam Hussein's old base, like, well, like that's where you'd hang out or? Uh, that's where the, um, re- uh, what's it called? The Republican Guard. That's where they. That's their their home home field advantage. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's where they had their home ground advantage, and um, that is now an American Air Force base. And so you get to the base we can't name. Are you going from like a commercial flight onto like a uh, army flight? Yes, yes. So we fly on a uh, on a Hercules in the back of a Hercules. So that's um, you know, when you see um, that sort of netting seating yeah. in the back of a plane yeah. with pa- pallets and stuff in the back. We're on one of those. for I think it's about a four-hour flight into Iraq. And they're all Australian dudes on that flight or they're kind of different people? Different uh, Australians and Kiwis. Australians and Kiwis were who look, who we did the gigs for in Iraq. They, were, they kind of look after the base of the, the main part of the base in Taji. Gotcha. So you get to Taji. So you're there for like nine three days. days? Three days. Okay. Three, three days. Yeah, yeah. Wait, sorry, wait, you, you were away for like nine or something, weren't you? Yeah, so the first three, you kind of, you do like briefings and stuff about what's going to happen. You do all this medical training. Oh, really? Which is so ridiculous. Oh, mate, we do, what do, you do? Such, such heavy duty medical training, like how to put tourniquets on, how to pack wounds. Oh, fuck. All this kind of shit. Yeah, and you're like, seriously, if it comes down to me, we're fucked. But also, aren't you thinking like, well, if they're giving me this warning, why the fuck hmm. am I here? No, I think it's just to cover themselves, I suppose. Like if every if the worst, absolute worst happens and I'm the last man standing. <laughs> You're gonna take on the Iraqi government. <laughs> yeah. Well not the oh, government, I, yeah. I know I have to know how to, you know, I can I could tourniquet you in a heartbeat, Michael. If you lost all four of your limbs, buddy. I got you covered. Fuck, man. You're like DOS you'd be back Hacksaw Ridge, yeah. Yeah, you'd be back in th- three, maybe four weeks. Wow. I, uh, my understanding of um, uh, first aid is that uh, when you have to compress the heart is that you mm-hmm. do it to the tune of staying alive. Staying alive, yeah. yeah. They didn't say that to us. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, what, that's what you do, though. You know, where I saw that on the American office. Yeah, you go... And you just, yeah, it's the beat. Um, yeah. So, okay, so, uh, so what are your digs in um, the three days that were there in Taji? Uh, so our rooms are uh, hovels. They like the the conditions that the troops live in when they're over in a war zone are really fucking terrible. They've got these kind of um, it's almost like a portable, mm-hmm. a, a small kind of you know what like uh, you like know, the Gold Coast. 
similar. Yeah. Oh no, not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. No, like um, you know, um, when you see on a work site, the kind of office, the room that they have for an office, it's like a little a little portable kind of thing. One door, one window. That kind of environment, and. The mattresses in there look like they'd been donated by the Iraqi homeless. Like they were fucking. Dude. I think I got herpes just looking at it. And the air conditioners, I think, were from the Saddam Hussein era. They were from like the nineties. I think my one came with a cassette deck. It and was so fucking old. Actually, that's a good question. How hot was it over there? Uh, early to mid forties. But they was they were saying the troops were like, "It's been this is great." It was like fifty two about three weeks ago, dude. Yeah, no, fucking brutally hot. And rocks and dust and concrete. No grass, no trees, nothing. And, okay, tell me about the gigs then. So are you there with Limo and Cam Knight? Limo and Cam Knight, uh, Christine Ryan, who's another comedian from uh, Canberra, and she was great. Like, it was, it was the, the comedians were fantastic to hang out with. So what and happens? Then, like, you kind of get to, like, you know, 7.30? Like, it's like a gig every night? Uh, yeah, we did do gigs each night at six o'clock, mm-hmm. um, and the reason they're at six is because they were scheduled to be two-hour shows. Because at eight p.m., all everyone on the base has to wear their body armor and helmets because there'd been so many sort of rocket rocket attacks on the base that um, they needed to be protected after eight. And we had to carry our body armor with us at all times after eight p.m., even if we went to the toilet at like three in the morning have to carry your body armor, go to the toilet, put it down, and it'd wake you up because it's fucking heavy. And so did you have any rocket attacks while you were there? No. No, the, the only time I got I got the rocket attack when I was in Kabul, yeah. which um, uh, was fucking terrifying. Yeah, for sure. And who's firing? Like who who are the dudes who don't like you? Kind of um, ISIS were there, type people. Were there people who heard your act? Like they could hear the. <laughs> yeah, people who weren't big fans of Paris and other disappointments. <laughs> um, they'd send a, a rocket over with a page attached to the book. Um, terrible. Yeah, yeah. no, Two no stars. stars. Yeah, no stars. Um, mate, when, I, when we had the rocket attack uh, when I was in Kabul, so I thought, because they say to you, because there's mountains all around Kabul, mm. and they say if there's a rocket attack, when you hit the ground, because you've got to get on the ground or get into a bomb shelter, they say make make sure your feet are facing the mountains because they want your feet blown off and not your head. Oh. Because they can repair your feet. They can't repair your head when it's blown off. Oh, dude. So anyway, I thought they were just kind of trying to spook me because I was a civilian about getting on the ground, but then everyone starts screaming rocket attack, and I saw the SAS get on the ground. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I will lie on the ground. And so I was lying on the ground and I was beyond like shitting myself. I yep. thought I was going to die. And I had my hands on my head because, you know, rockets don't go through hands. And I was the scaredest I've ever been in my life. Like it was horrifying. And then we got up and finished the gig. Dude, maybe maybe pull up stumps. Don't do that stuff anymore. Hey, mate, I'm a fucking hero. No, don't go there anymore, mate. Come on. No. It's, it's, it's a, the gigs are actually good. Um, so it's mostly it was mostly Australian and Kiwis. And then a few Americans came, sort of wandered through. There were a few German troops there. And, yeah. you know, there's a bit of a coalition happening. A few, with a few German guys. troops. So you maybe met, like, you know, your, yeah, your, yeah. your great uncle. Yeah, it was good to catch up. <laughs> good to see my peeps. And how are they feeling over there? Like, are uh, things going all right? Uh, yeah, it seems pretty... It actually seems very stable. And they all seem, um, you know okay with everything that they've got to do you know the one thing that i just don't understand how they deal with is like there's nothing to do around there because you kind of do your shift 
and then you basically go to the gym and you know you watch Netflix or watch movies and stuff. And so for us going across, it was actually something different because they get to see you know a live act, and that was you know, so they get ex- they do. kind of get excited that there's something different. Like they're happy that you're there. Like yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was yeah, going to yeah. wonder like what what what's your day to day like? You know what are you eating? What are you what are you uh, doing to kill time? So there's an American mess there, which is so um, at the base that I'm in before that is an Australian mess. So it's all kind of clean food and, you know, pretty, pretty nice stuff, like almost like a hotel buffet, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then the American thing is like fried food and sweet shit and like their salad bar. In the salad bar, you can get jelly, like just <laughs> cubes of jelly. And it's like, why is it? It's not a fuck. Jelly's not a vegetable. Like, I've never been eating a Caesar salad and go, fuck, this is missing jelly. And so, are people staying fit there, there? Like, like yeah, by the fact really that you kind of... Yeah, nothing else to do. Okay. There's just, there's so much spare time that you just go to the gym for, you know, hour, hour and a half because there's fuck all else to do. And a lot of them are, you know, kind of um, uh, infantry. So, they are out and about and, you know, doing heavy lifting and, you know, things like that. So, they keep pretty fit. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And what's the Wi-Fi situation like? Like, what's the internet situation like? Is it good? It's uh, Depending on where you are. So, if you're around where the um, accommodation was, there was good Wi-Fi. But as soon as you step away from that, couldn't get it at the gym, couldn't get it at the mess. So, if you're not in your certain areas, then no Wi-Fi and you're just off the grid. Yeah. Because they take our SIM cards off us when we're in Darwin. Oh, I gotcha. No phones, stuff like that. Yeah. No phones, yeah. So, because they don't want anything. Can't your location. <laughs> well, yeah, they're really worried about that. They're worried no, about. No, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are because they, they. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, ISIS. Once Adam Rosenbach's lands, that's right. They're like, fucking, let's get him. Well, the thing I think that can happen is people post photos without realizing there's like a map in the background. Yeah. And it could be a strategic map, and they're like, we can't have that up there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but it was amazing. Like I got to sit in the uh, in the cockpit. Uh, as we flew in and out of Baghdad, so that was fun. And do they do? Because what I remember is, uh, from what I know, they do either a low flight in, or they do they go from high and then go down really quick. Which one did yeah. you do? Uh, so when I was in Kabul, we did that one. So they come around the mountains and then just basically drop out of the sky, and you're like, "This is like a landing I've never had before." Yeah, sure. When we were coming back to the Australian base after we left Iraq, they did this thing called a tactical. Um, it was a tactical landing. And so basically the plane is coming in and they're trying to lose altitude and lose speed at the same time. And so they did like a big U-turn, but the plane goes almost like 90 degrees to the Dude. to the ground. And I was standing in the cockpit. They didn't tell us it was coming up, but they like did it for us. And I was standing in the cockpit um, and got hit in the face. So it was 2.2 Gs. Right, which I was talking to the pilots later. They said, you'll never get on a commercial airliner. And it just was like, I, because I had the headset on with my microphone so you could talk to the pilots. And all you could hear me saying was, fuck, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and there was myself, Cam Knight, and uh, another girl in the cockpit. And that's all we were saying as I did it. It went for about, about 20 seconds. Yeah. And it was fucking exhilarating and terrifying. Oh, mate. Yeah, so it's pretty. It was pretty amazing. It's an amazing experience, and you know, this is the fourth time I've been over, and you know, so glad to do it, and so glad to you know, just give the troops a break and and to give them a bloody laugh, Michael. But don't do it again, mate. It's too dangerous. Don't do it, mate. What could go wrong? 
I mean, I know you get per diems, which are yeah, uh, you don't get <laughs> you don't get taxed on. So you yeah. you make a you make a pretty penny. It's <laughs> the only reason I it's the only reason I go, mate. <laughs> I just count off the dollars. Okay, Adam, can I ask you yep. uh, a dilemma? Uh, uh, mate, I love a dilemma. I love a good dilemma. Yeah, uh, and this is actually probably the biggest question without notice that anyone's ever heard. Okay, Whew. looking forward to this because st- I've heard. Some big questions without notice, mate. Okay, this is a draft question they gave to Noah Anderson, who many Hawthorne fans are like, fuck, if his fucking dad played a few more games, we'd be fucking uh, singing singing sweet. So this is uh, the guy who's probably touted to go number two in the draft. Yeah. Uh, not that it matters because Gold Coast have one and two. So he and, is it Matthew Rowell? And Noah Anderson will go to the Gold Coast, they think. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, yep, cool. Okay, you're standing at the train station. Which train station? Um, I'm going to say Parliament. <laughs> Parliament Station in Melbourne. No, I'm going to say Museum. By the fact, Museum that Station. No, 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 no. What's the other one? Um, 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 Flagstaff. Flagstaff. Yeah, the one that no one ever goes to. Okay, you're well, a Flagstaff Station. No, hang on. Hey, well, well, let me pull you up. People with real jobs go there. Yeah, but fuck it, man. Fuck. I went to fucking Flagstaff earlier this year, and I, I looked around. I was like, I don't think I've ever been at this train station ever. Yeah, I, I went there a couple of times this year and I was like walking out wrong exits and I'm like, I never fucking come here. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's shut on Sunday. It's shut on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, what a shit fucking station. Good, Flagstaff, I like it. Okay, I'm going to blow it up. Am I, yeah. am I allowed to blow it up? I'm just going to fucking get rid of it. Fuck Flagstation stuff. Okay. Am I allowed to? Is yeah, that part of the it, dilemma? It's a Melbourne joke, okay? It's a very Melbourne joke. <laughs> uh, you're standing at the Flagstaff station uh-huh. and there are five people on the train tracks. Whoa! the fuck are they doing there? That is, that will get you a fine instantly. It's a bit weird, yeah. I mean, mate, do I, having a party. Do I, do I know them? No, you don't know them. You don't know them. That's that's important. Have I said, hey, hey, off, off the, have you touched on? No, nah, I reckon, I reckon you were looking at the ads at the oh, station. <laughs> so okay. Or the little news updates they have on the, yes. on the uh, LED screens. Yeah, an ad saying, you know, come to come to Kangaroo Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. Like, oh, I'm at Flagstaff, mate. I'm not going to Kangaroo Island. Fuck K- off. Okay, you're at Flagstaff Station. And there are mm-hmm. five people on the tracks. Mm-hmm, and the train people. is coming. Oh, shit. But next to They're you... They're all dead. All of them. Well, not yet. Oh. The train oh. is coming, but next to yep. you is a lever. A lever, even. Lever. A if, lever. If you pull the lever, the train... Hang on, hang on, hang, hang So, I'm in the... Gu- I'm in the... I'm in the the guards, um, little cubicle well, here. I don't know. Why is, what it, why is there a lever day to day? Why is there a lever on the? I mean, if there's a lever on the fucking platform, everyone's pulling that lever. This is fucking ridiculous. This I, dilemma. But but hear me out, okay? Okay, okay. There's a lever next to me. Gotcha. So you're at Flagstaff Station. Mm-hmm. There are five people on the tracks. And the it train is, is coming, uh, but yep. next to you is the lever. Mm. Okay. Got it. Lever. Okay. If you push, the, if you pull the lever, the train mm. goes onto another so track. It's not Jake Lever. Not Jake. Okay. <laughs> All right, there's a lever. Yeah, there's a lever. Mm. And, and it's a lever. So it's like basically like a Carlton fan at three-quarter time. They're a lever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> Are you one of the people on the track? Because I'm, I'm letting the train fucking take you out. <laughs> if you pull the lever, the train goes onto another track but runs over one person. Oh, okay. Shit, so you have the choice. Okay, now. five people get run over, 
Uh-huh, okay, draft uh-huh. question. Five people get run over mm. or one person gets run over. Okay, now I'm not sure why you have this job, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a number uh, one draft pick, why are you taking a part-time job at the fucking train station? <laughs> I'm 17 years old. Why am I in fucking charge of all this shit? You go, I just came here for fucking work experience and now I'm in charge of six lives. What the fuck? <laughs> fucking hell. No, Anderson's there going, fucking hell, man. I just, want, I just want to go to the fucking Gold Coast, mate. Fucking hell, Metro Trains. You fucking elevated me. <laughs> so, Where's the bloke who's supposed to be doing this? Okay, five mm-hmm. people get run over, mm-hmm. or you pull a lever, a jakey lever, and one person gets run over. Would you okay, pull so, the lever? So, the train is going to hit five. Yep. Guaranteed. I don't do anything. Five dead. Bang. You're fine. Boom, gone. I pull the lever. One dead. Yeah. Do I get background info on this one person? Well, I think it's Eddie Betts, actually. Oh, five dead, bang, gone. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> oh, I'm looking after Eddie Betts. What am I, an idiot? So I do nothing and five die. Yeah. But if I actively pull the lever, yep. I kill a man. Yeah. So the five dead's not my fault. I suppose so. You kind of... You kind of uh... So it's do nothing, five dead, yeah, do yeah. something... One dead. Yeah. And, I, I, and from what I can gather, they don't actually have an answer for it. They don't tell you what you actually have to do. Like, I feel like the one dead will be better. Is that right? Well, you'd think so. You'd think because you're saving five lives, but also you're condemning one person to death. Whereas if you do nothing, you're letting five fuckwits die and the other fuckwit dies. So you let five fuckwits live. But one fuckwit dies. But let's not forget, we don't know what this one dude did, okay? Yeah. Like, he might yeah. be, a bad, be a bad dude. And well, so, see, that's the thing. If, if you had background on the people... Yeah, if we get a quick synopsis of who they are, what they do... Like, if that's Alan Jones out there, you're a bit like... Ugh. I'm pulling the lever. <laughs> don't pull the lever. <laughs> Let me tell you about carpets. <laughs> so then they have another one, okay? Hang on, hang on, hang on. So you don't have an answer for this? No, they don't actually have an answer. Like, they, they don't give you the solution. Well, I'm not going to be able to sleep now. I think the idea is don't put a 17-year-old in charge of a train station. <laughs> that's where it comes down Surely to. that's it. Surely Noah just went like, mate, I'm doing year 12. <laughs> like, I don't have All time. Right. I, I, I put it to you. If he goes, if he says to the Gold Coast people, right, this is Noah Anderson. This is a team at the bottom of the ladder. Yep. Having one of the worst seasons of all time. They lost 14 in a row, whatever it was. And he says, oh, mate, I fucking would hang to see five people get to get nailed by a train. And they just go, well, that was interesting. We're going to take your pick number two. But um, if you could keep that to yourself, we'd appreciate it. Well, that's the thing, though. Also, like, he's going to go top two no matter what. And so it's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> so he'd be like, uh, uh, actually, uh, I'd smoke a bong and then I'd pull the <laughs> lever and then I'd uh, just... You know, shoot up a school because <laughs> that's what I do. And they go, "Go oh, no, mate. <laughs> See you in October." You know what I will do is I'll run over the five. I'll reverse the train. I'll pull the fucking lever, and we hit the other bloke. Yeah, Six. And they go, How's that? <laughs> they go, "Great, you're a really good player. Come, come, come play with us. Come play with us, please." So does this get asked to every uh, draftee? Well, that's a good question. There's another one here. Um, from Brody Kemp, potential okay. potential top ten. All right, yep. He said Sydney had five toys, and wanted him to pick one and explain why. They had a fake spider. Oh, a fake one. Yeah, a big blue ball 
where you squeeze it. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jelly. Yep. Oh, it's for a salad. A puzzle. Uh-huh. And one of those slap bracelets. Right. So he picked the big fluffy ball as mm. it looked really appealing. I don't quite know what they're getting out of that. I don't I don't quite know how picking a toy means that you can kick on your left foot. I guess unless they have a background to what each one kind of means. Like if it's a puzzle then they go deep thinker mm-hmm. would you know would be in traffic and would be able to slow it down. Book a reader. La Scott Pendlebury. Yeah, because he knows, you know, he's, he's cerebral. Whereas if you're jelly, you're just a bit simple and you like sugary stuff. Yeah, you gotcha. But there's not. And a slap bracelet, you're a bit inclined to, you know, be a bit punchy because you like the fucking physical stuff. Well, there's another one here from Noah Anderson. And he said that Gold Coast said, they showed me a photo of a bike race. I was able to look at it for 10 seconds. And then I had to tell the story about the race. And he said, and I quote, I was all over the shop. And I think that's because they showed him a photo of a bike race. <laughs> <laughs> and he was able to look out for 10 seconds and then had to tell them about the story of the race. Like, that, that, it's fucking weird, man. It's fucking weird. Because do you really need to know that they're good at storytelling? Like, because as far as I'm concerned, they what they spend a lot of time they're doing is... Um, Kicking the footy mm. and um, not having to think about anything outside of footy. Like if, if Dustin Martin had failed these, would Richmond have gone better pass on it? Yeah, sure. I reckon like, I reckon I reckon he would have talked to Dad about these questions. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, his dad would have gone dad Do they have do they have affiliations to the common chair? I reckon Dad would have made a few phone calls <laughs> and say, Nah, you're picking my son up, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, if those five people don't have their legs broken, they're fucking asked for it. Hey, on the topic, Dusty's car has been in the uh, MCG car park since the grand final. You know what I found most fascinating about that story is that he drove there. Yeah, I reckon they would. Yeah, they'd go and drive under the car park and, yeah, put their stuff there. Do you, oh, or, or, I, or are you thinking like a team bus kind of thing? Yeah, perhaps a team bus or even like if he just gets, you know, a really nice Uber or something into the ground, like it could take him underneath. I just find it... I suppose it makes sense, but you know that you're not going to be collecting the car in a hurry and you're putting a lot of pressure on the MCG's car park. Now, it's the underground car park, so it's not in the public. But also, what if, you know, you or I work there and we go, that's our park during the non-footy season. You get there and go, fucking Dusty's there again. But, dude, if we want to head down to the MCG car park and pinch that car, like, we surely can we, we, we can... We can wag our way in, surely, surely. Yeah. But I also think, like, when you talk about the bus, like, the location where they would meet would be Punt Road Oval to get in the bus. And then you're going down, like, it's 100 metres, isn't it? Yeah, and also that that road shut off during the grand final. So they'd be going in there just to kind of, you know, I think every player would kind of drive in. Um, The Giants probably, oh, they they were staying at the Pullman, weren't they? So they would have walked down. From yeah, no, I reckon because they would have got a bus at like you know uh, ten in the morning, ten thirty in the morning. I reckon they would have busted. You reckon? One. Yeah, I think so. I can't imagine them walking down. Yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But um, I tell you what, who's looking forward to Dusty picking up his car would be the uh, cops when they set up a uh, drug and booze bus just out the front on <laughs> on Brunton Avenue, and they'll be like, "Oh mate, just coming here. We're going to do a bit of a tongue scrape." 
So he's been in Vegas, I think, for the last few weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he loves to gamble. He had dinner with uh, Swanee and uh, Eddie and Carla the other day. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. In Vegas? A few photos of that, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know if in Vegas. I think maybe in LA or something like that. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, but they're having a good time. Hey, uh, should we do some uh, footballers in real life, Adam? Yes, please. And actually, before we leave, I want to say thank you to all the junk timers who showed up to the grand final show. How cool was it? It was amazing. What a great afternoon. Richard Natale, Alex Williams, Adam Spencer, Will Anderson, phone call from Charlie Clawson. Oh. No, it was a very it was a very fun afternoon. It was great to meet uh, you know, meet some very happy Tiger supporters who came along and it was great of Richard to turn up, wasn't it? And I met little Iona, Charlie's daughter, um, uh, about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now. Oh, oh yeah. adorable. Oh adorable. Adorable. There you go. Sad that she's a secure supporter, but still adorable. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try and convert her. How about that? <laughs> hey, just quickly. I don't know if you've noticed, and this is this is close to uh, you know a man close to my heart. But the the guy who threw beer at the elimination final yep. between West Coast and uh, Essendon, he's been banned for three years. I feel from like attending any AFL match. I feel like that is impossible to enforce. That was my point. Yeah. How, how, what are they, how are they going to the fucking, what, every, every person on every gate at every ground is going to be on the fucking lookout for, his name is Noel Bridge. Sure. So if you bought a membership, like for the Eagles, like maybe, of like course. you've got your number and you no, kind no, of put your card through and. He's from Adelaide. Oh, really? So he's not even a West Coast or uh, Frio supporter. So he's back in Adelaide going, fuck that, I'm going to footy park. But I mean, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to Adelaide. I'll cross the footbridge. I'm I, not scared. I've never been at a gate and they've got like a photo of a person at the gate and say, yeah. don't let that person in. Like, you just like, just buy a ticket. Just go in. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. He's, he's, going to, he's going to every game for the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> to prove a point. Sure. Yeah, he's going to throw beer. He's going to get re-banned. Okay, <laughs> Adam, a few footballers in real life. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. And we, haven't, we didn't get to do them at the grand final show, so we got a few banked up. Uh, right. So this one's from the Friday night before the Richmond-Geelong prelim. So a while ago, mate. A while it ago. was a while ago. I was at that game. Let's not forget that. I'm a dedicated f- footy fan. Found my way to Rooftop Bar. This is from Joe, by the way. Found my way to Rooftop Bar on Swanson Street. I wonder which one it was. There's quite a few down there. It's probably the one above Cookie, you would think, and above um, the Toff in town. Uh, while standing with my friend surveying the area for spare seats, I realised Jack Stephen former saint, now Cat, mm. was right in front of us with two mates. He was wearing thick shades, thick shades with a heavy tint to protect his <laughs> anonymity. Yep. Uh, however, his unmistakable glorious mullet was a dead giveaway. He does have a good mullet, doesn't he? It looks, he looks raggedy. He looks like he should be surfing. Get rid of it. I was concerned he thought my friend and I were alcoholics as I had two pints in my hand and she had two gin and tonics, but I quickly remembered he's a football player and would be familiar with the concept of double parking drinks when the line in the bar is a bit too long. You do that right. every now and then. Like, if it's uh, a big line, just mate, grab a couple. It's just smart operating. While we sat drinking, I kept looking over at Stuve. Stuve? Stuve, is that his name? Yeah, why not? Oh, Stuve. Yeah, fuck it. Contemplating buying him beer as a bargaining chip. Uh, in brackets, one of many, if he stayed a saint. Oh, so a bit oh, of kind well. of, you know, negotiations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, Joe. Lucky he didn't waste your fucking money on him. Uh, but he left that, before I could that make the proposition. filthy turncoat. Yeah, traitor. You would have been like, oh, have a beer. And he would have been, oh, thanks, mate. Knowing full well that he didn't deserve it. Yeah, it's bullshit. Now, there are only now like 12 Jacks playing at Saints. It's bullshit. Yeah, no. and, and they're, they're about to lose Jack Nunes as well. So they're down to 10. 
As he got up to leave, a group of middle-aged women asked if the table was now free. He said yes, and then even mm. pulled his chair from under the table and sat one oh. of them down like a made a d at a fancy establishment. What a saint! Wow, no longer, mate. Good on you, Jack. What a low dog. He'll be what doing though, though. He'll be doing that in Geelong, no doubt. He will pull a chair out at Lammy's and he <laughs> will crack it over the back of someone's head. First opportunity. <sighs> oh, mate, yeah, nah, Jack. Enjoy your lifestyle, mate, because um, <laughs> it's fucking over. <laughs> From Jordan, uh, playing local league American football. Mm. We are undefeated, yes, doing very well for ourselves. Uh, anyway, get to training to see none other than three-time premiership player and current Frio Dockers assistant coach David Hale lining up as a wide receiver. So David wide Hale, receiver, can you wide define, receiver. Can you, wa- can you define wide receiver for me, Adam? Well, a wide receiver is a guy that stands on the ends of the line of scrimmage and catches a ball from the quarterback. Odell Beckham Jr. is probably the most famous one at the moment. They're not usually six foot ten. (laughs) Okay. Mainly because I guess... The looking bloke had a decent run, dropped four from four catches. Oh, well, there you go. Well, well, yeah, well, he had, well I, I, I don't know, he had a decent run. Like, would that be a term that you'd use in American football? Like, uh, I've got a decent run in that I can run and I can... You know, play the tactics. Well, I suppose he could run the, as they say in America, the routes that were yep. needed to be run. But I imagine he doesn't have a burst of speed, which is kind of what you need off the line of scrimmage. So when David runs, maybe if he's going along, he'd get the pace up. But I don't see, you know, you don't see Justin Madden bursting out of the blocks <laughs> yeah, over sure, forty sure. yards. He's not explosive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you throw it high, and no one, the cornerback's not knocking the ball out of that hand. I will tell you that much. Uh, from Brendan, uh, but he served. did he did drop four of four, so he is particularly shit house. Yeah, for sure. Uh, from Brendan, served AFLW Melbourne star and sister Rory Sloan, Chase Sloan last night. She's booked a thirtieth for the next Friday, so could get a few sightings there. So a few AFLW people might be showing up to that party. Wow, I think we should name the venue. Should we name the venue? We should all go along. The junk timers should get around Chase Sloan for a thirtieth. How good was that? Would that on it. And, and actually, a bit of a difference, actually, mm. because um, Shay Sloan has a volleyball background. Really? What does yeah. that do for your game? Not basketball. It's volleyball. Yeah. So what is it? You know what she's good at? She's good at punching the ball clear of an opponent like a spike. Oh, yeah. So, you, you could be right. You could be right. Yeah. So they go to mark that. She's over the top. Bang to the ground. And then bang. she's like, she's going for high fives and stuff. And everyone's like, um, Shay, the ball's still alive, you fucking moron. It's not. <laughs> it bounced. It bounced. <laughs> yeah. It's not over. Uh, speaking of AFLW, did you see Taylor Harris's fight the other night? I did. Yeah. It was awesome. How good's her, how good's her left jab? Bang. Mate, like she got reach. Nowhere. Got reach like a motherfucker. She got reach. And then. Um, absolutely pummeled the young lady that she was fighting against. And I think that's the third time in a row she's fought her and destroyed her. If I was that other girl, I'd be like, I'm not enjoying I think I might give up. Yeah, I'm sick of getting my head punched in by Taylor Harris. No, no, fourth time lucky, fourth time lucky. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. Hey, we're going to hit the road. Hey, get around our junk time uh, stubby holders and get around. Adam, you do an audio book for your book. Yes, I'm starting to record the audio book this week. And, of course, uh, Paris and Other Disappointments still available at all good bookstores and online and ebook. You can download it if you've just got a bloody Kindle and you don't like the idea of paper. You can't – you know what's disappointing? Um, you can't have a Kindle burning because it has numerous amount of books, so you can't target the book you want to burn. Whereas sure. you buy my book and you burn it, you feel the fucking joy. 
No, you're right. I think I think back to your great grandfather and the the thrill he felt when he yeah. threw a book into the fire. I mean, just, it's, yeah, you get emotional about that kind of stuff, don't you? Well, just when you see the glow on someone else's face from both the, their <laughs> smile and the fire, it's it's win win, Michael. Everyone wins. And if you do want a stubby holder, because Christmas is coming up, let's not forget mm-hmm. we won't yeah. be around every week, junk timers, to remind you that uh, the stubby holders are available. Junktime.bigcartel.com. My book available fucking everywhere. Get around it. We're going to hit the road. We are JunktimeAlphaPod at Gmail, JunktimeAlphaPod on Twitter and Facebook. And the ground! We're going to hit the road. Go! Go ready, Ben. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.